Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to episode 142 of Chesney I'm I'm your host, Matt McChesney, coming to you always from thednbr.com. Check out everything going down uh, at the bar down off of Colfax. The studio at thednbr.com is pumping out great content each and every week. Uh, and we've got a banger for you here on episode 142, uh, as we do damn near every week. So uh, David Bruton is going to be ju- joining us here, uh, Junior, the JR. Uh, David Britton Jr. is going to be joining us here on the show today. My ex-teammate, uh, he at the beginning of his career, I was ending mine in Denver. Uh, hell of a football player, uh, opening up his own PT business here in Denver. is going to be helping a ton of the Dungeon family. He's helping me. Uh, the big guy broke his leg uh, three days ago, and I cracked my left ankle really good. And I've had six reconstructions on that joint. I displaced one of the screws and it's, it sucks, man. So uh, he's been helping me with that and it's kind of painful, but it also feels good at the same time. So uh, DB Jr. will be joining us here shortly uh, to talk about all things uh, NFL, college football, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna get this started right off the bat before we bring uh, Bruton in with <clears throat> Nathaniel Hackett, all right? So the, uh, the Broncos come out and they – Get a coach. They're the first ones to hire a coach uh, with Sean Payton retiring in New Orleans on the heels of that. Uh, the Broncos hire Nathaniel Hackett. So he's a, the son of a coach, Paul Hackett's son. Um, obviously knows what he's doing. I think that Denver, you know, it's a lot of projecting about what a coach is going to do, but it's a we'll see. You know, it, it's we'll see. Uh, that That's about the only logical 
you know, thing that I can say that I, I do believe that the, uh, the entire premise on offense will be built around the running game, um, depending on who the quarterback is. If it's Aaron Rodgers, it'll be built around Aaron Rodgers. So that is an aspect of this that I don't think can be overlooked and obviously isn't being overlooked. Um, I, I will say this. I hope that the Broncos didn't hire this guy with the just assumption that they're getting Aaron Rodgers because that probably isn't the best way to do business, uh, in my opinion. But at the same time, if they have a, a great relationship, then shit, man, that would be awesome to get Aaron Rodgers in Denver. I, I'd, I'd be over the moon on that. But to sit here and say that because they have a good relationship, that's why he's coming to Denver, that's ridiculous. He had a good relationship with Blake Bortles, too. I don't want Blake Bortles back in Denver. So, I mean, let's be real. Uh, joining us now uh, is uh, my man David Bruton Jr. coming to you from his home, I'm sure, here on Zoom. Uh, DBJ or how you doing, brother? Uh, welcome doing to the well, show, man. episode 142. Yourself? How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself, man? I'm doing great, man. Hey, so before we even get into uh, anything about the Broncos and this weekend, I was just talking to people about uh, your your new uh, endeavor here. So tell everybody about what you're doing with your PT clinic and when it's opening and everything else. I told them you've been helping me with my bum-ass ankle. Uh, right. Actually, the, the way that you wrapped it and like did all that stuff the other day actually helped me out a lot. So uh Tell everybody about that before we get into the, the, the football analysis here on this side. Well, you know, I just graduated from uh, the doctoral program of physical therapy at CU, um, your alma mater. Um, Buffalo's your alma mater. <laughs> What's up? Uh, yeah, I just graduated a Blame month it. ago. And we're in the venture of opening up a own clinic here. Hopefully have the doors open in March, but for the time being, just providing care to athletes and other people throughout just by, uh, with our practice called Between the Lines Physical Therapy. And then how can uh, how can folks find that out on the website and then also uh, on social media? So the website's not live yet. Um, hopefully it'll be live here in a week or two. And then, but on social media, you can follow Between the Lines PT on Instagram. You can also follow me uh, on Instagram, the underscore brute 30. Um, and you'll just see some, not only just some uh, a depiction of my life with the family, but also what we're doing as far as physical therapy and um, just our, our ventures going forward. Now, now Brute, uh, look, man, the, the entrepreneurial part of, of uh, being a, an athlete, in my opinion, there's so many of us that go into the business world and want to do it our way and you know on the entrepreneur uh mindset kind of takes that lead have you found that you know after you went and got your master's and you're you're a gold domer and a buffalo which is also gold dump so that's cool yeah. um have you found that just that you know that desire to go compete in this and this uh this realm is is the same as the you know the nine ten years you spent in the league you know, uh, in some capacity, it is um, just because there is a lot. There are a lot of physical therapy clinics out there. So what sets sets me apart? You know, not um, just trying. And you kind of go about that with with my time in the league. Like, what set me apart from outlasting all the safeties that were drafted before me, or the safeties that were drafted the next year, or the year after that, or when they bring in other safeties? Why was I able to stay and keep keep uh, and maintain this this career with the Denver Broncos and stay in the league 
a little longer than those who were drafted uh, before me. So in a sense, there's that competition, but also within the physical therapy world, there's this mentorship, there's, you're trying to learn. So I guess, I guess when I think about it, we, it does have that, that feeling of an NFL locker room to a certain extent where you're looking for mentors, where mine was Champ Bailey and Brian Dawkins. And then you're also, what sets you apart? Why should you be on the team? Why should people come to you? Why this, that, and the other? So there are some semblance of, uh, between physical therapy as an entrepreneur and the locker room. David Bruton Jr. joins us here on episode 142 of Chesney Unchained at DNVR.com. Make sure you check out everything at DNVR's uh, Twitter and Instagram pages, but also at the DNVR.com. Great content. Uh, all right, so let's get into these football games, man. Um, oh, yeah. So the NFC title game, AFC title games are set. It's going for uh, a huge, you know, monumental weekend, in my opinion. You've got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are out in the divisional round. Uh, you've got a, a division matchup rematch with San Francisco uh, and the Rams going against each other. And then the the young up-and-comers in Cincinnati that were 2-14 and 14 two years ago, they hit on a couple of draft picks, and Cincinnati and the Queen City are rolling. They go to now four straight years of Kansas City hosting, unbelievable, hosting right. uh, the uh, AFC title game. So let's go NFC first. Uh, give me your thoughts on San Francisco and the Rams. And I look, you're a defensive guy. I played defense all college and then got moved in the NFL. I, I think that this is this. I mean, whatever the under is, I'm taking it on this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think both teams have a very talented defense for sure. Like it's it's going to be fun. It's going to I feel like it's going to have a feel of that San Francisco uh, Green Bay game last week where there's just there's not a lot of points and it's one or two big plays that are going going to set us apart. Now, uh, I I think the Niners are going to pull it off, and not just because my wife is a diehard Niners fan. <laughs> I'm a liar. <laughs> so I, I think I think the I think the Niners are going to pull it off as long as they can control that passing attack with Cup and uh, and OBJ. Just make sure they can contain those two, and just make the plays on the ball. Like I'm, I'm sure San Francisco's defense is well and ready for for that L.A. Rams matchup. Hell, they've won the last seven games against them or something like that. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, Look, man, I, I spent four years in the AFC East and trying to – there was one year where we beat Tom Brady in New England. We beat him once in, in the whole time. It was really fun. <laughs> um, but one year we beat him in New England. They beat us in New York when I was with the Jets, and then we played them again in the playoffs, and they absolutely beat, just blew the doors off of us. It's it's really hard to beat a good team twice. It is, I mean, it, how many times in your career once you had to beat a team three times in a year? Yeah, the, I mean, San, how San many, Diego, that's pretty that, rare. Yeah, that San Diego, uh, when there were three AFC West teams in the playoffs. Yeah, and that, so you you beat the Chargers twice in the regular season, and then once in the playoffs, right? Yes. That's and that's why I was bringing it up. Just how hard is it to to do that three times in one year? Oh, it's tough because I mean the coaches in in the league, um, they're they're paid to study, they're paid to know the opponent in and out. Like there's, as far as advantages, as far as knowledge, there there isn't none. It's can you beat the guy across from you now? At that point, it's not any scheme that's going to 
you know, blow the doors open. And now it's just like motivation. Like, okay, we got our butts whooped twice during the regular season. Let's set, let's set the tone and jump on them quick, early, and fast. All right, so Garoppolo and Stafford. All right, so Stafford is stuck in the hellhole that is Detroit for as long as he was. Put him in, in the Rams in a good situation, and he explodes. Numbers are the same, but now he's winning. Yeah. Um, Garoppolo hasn't thrown a touchdown in the playoffs, but he all, all this dude does is manage and win, which, look, <laughs> if you can manage and win with defense, as you know, in 2015, even the GOAT, Peyton Manning, you guys had to manage and win games defensively yeah. with the running game. And and he had to make plays at the right time, which he did. I mean, can can the 49ers actually expect? And I know you you pick up you like them to win this game, but without Garoppolo doing anything, like what's 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 holding them back from putting Trey Lance in the game more? Like, I guess my question is is simply this. Are they content with just winning ugly with Garoppolo, or are they looking for a way to go score 40 points? If you support that defense, it's over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think they're content, honestly. I think the defense has put them in a position to win year in and year out. Just win ugly. Yeah, just win ugly. I mean, aside from when Garoppolo was continuously hurt last year, like you've seen, like, the type of player he is, like how the team responds when he's in. Like they when he's in, they the win. playoffs twice and Super yep. Bowl a couple years ago. There, there's that now. Is he going to be the guy that's going when you're down 14 with two minutes left? Are you going? Is he the guy who's going to throw the ball, get you, get you those 14 points? I don't see that happening. I don't see him as that type of guy. I don't see him as an Aaron Rodgers or. Hell, or Josh Allen or Mahomes, guys who can put up points quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, that's probably my only knock on Jimmy. I feel like he's a good, good game manager. Can can make the right throws, but when the game is on the line, does the ball go into his hands? I think you put it in the back's hands. They, and think about this, Matt. They've had what eight, nine different running backs in the last three years. It's nuts. And they've it, all it, eight. Like they all it reminds eight. me. It reminds me so much of like the the post Terrell Davis era Broncos, where like Shanahan pumped out Orlandis Gary and Mike Anderson and Ruben Drones and like just another fifteen hundred yard back, back, back Mike Bell, back, back. Tatum Bell, like exactly Tortoise, <laughs> just dudes just coming in. Hey, okay, you want to rush for a thousand yards? Welcome to Denver. Um, and that's what they're doing now in San Francisco. They went from like Raheem Mostert to, to Elijah Mitchell. They just got a new dude every yeah. weekend. And, uh, not Tevin Campbell, but uh, oh god, what's his name? Debo Coleman. Yeah, Coleman Debo now. So, like, uh, so <laughs> let me ask you this question: as a safety and a guy who has to track people, you know, I I, I played them the trench. So at my facility down here, Six Year Academy, I always talk to my guys like, I don't need thirty yards, guys. I don't even need a football. Like all I need is space. You give me a phone booth, and I can play my position. Yeah, you you're you're in the wide open spaces where you got to track people and run and. You may, you take a wrong angle or a, a bad step, and it looks as about as awful as a left tackle taking a, a a wrong angle and a bad step. When you're when you're looking at that, and a guy like Debo Samuel and the like, a guy like Patterson in Atlanta who's super versatile, do you think that that like pro ball is is maturing into? I don't really care what position you think you play offensively. The more you can do, the more touches you're getting. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, hell, look at the tight end. Look at the tight end position. Look like, at reverses and shit. Yeah, tight. Yeah, tight ends are reverses. They're lining up at receivers. Like they're just bigger receivers. That's essentially what they're. They're not the old school. Just put them in the trench. Block every tight end can catch and ball out. Like every tight end can run a route. Some tight ends are help faster than some safeties in the league. Like so, I think we've seen that transition at certain positions, but now like. Now guys like Debo or Cordell Patterson or hell, um, shit, the the, the guy from uh, the Bills who were who was here, uh, Knox. Yeah, like anybody, anybody can play any position, and now it like puts a defense in a conundrum. Like, okay, shit, do we check here? Do we still treat it as eleven personnel? Like, there's a lot of things with that goes through the coaches and, and now the players having to communicate that throughout the, throughout the field. Yeah, man. I, and when we watch film in here, I, I love watching the 49ers. I, I love the West coast offense and it's an almost impossible to watch it because of all the different personnel groupings that you would use in, in trying to dissect some of the 12 or 11 or 22, 13 mm-hmm. and all the different expanded packages. And then they put Debo and use check and, and Kittle on the field together and with an extra tackle. And you're like, what the hell personnel group is and, this? And it's, and it's Trent, Trent Williams over here in motion. Like, oh, exactly. And Trent, <laughs> did you see that shit? Trent oh, Williams no. in motion <laughs> downhill, too. Yeah. They yeah, could have called him for like, they could have called him advancing the line of scrimmage. And man, I'm so glad they didn't call him on that. That was, that was the play of the game, in my opinion. Yeah. How, how much you want to bet they run play action to him and, and throw him a touchdown this weekend? Oh, you know, I, if, if it's if it's not this weekend, it's definitely in the Super Bowl. Definitely so Super Bowl. They it's make definitely it. in the Super Bowl. 100%. All right, so you're taking the Niners to go back to the Super Bowl? Yep. I'm taking the Niners, too. I think that they beat the Rams. The Rams are just – there's something about them. They're really good, but they're just – they did not want to see the 49ers. We'll just put it like that. Yep, for sure. All right, Cincinnati, Kansas City. Cincinnati goes to Kansas City. Kansas City now hosting – uh, four straight AFC title games. I was actually looking at the history of the AFC title game yesterday and looking at the the teams that are in three, four, five uh, AFC title games in an extended period of time, you know, six, eight, ten years. The Broncos have done it a couple of times. You know, the, the Broncos in Cleveland played in the AFC title game three times in four years. Uh, Buffalo obviously did it four straight years, but they did it five times in six years. Uh it, look, there's a lot of dominant runs in each conference. Kansas City's on theirs right now. Um, I, look, I would love for Cincinnati to win this game. I know that in your orange and blue be- beating heart, you're, there's no way you can, you know, go with Kansas City. But the 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 analyst and the the football guy inside of me is just like, Chief, sir. These guys are ridiculous, man. So even in a down year, quote unquote, they look like they're probably going to win the Super Bowl to me. So how does Cincinnati win this game, dude? I call upset here. I call oh, what? You heard yeah, it. I call upset. Now, now here's here's why I call upset. You're gonna fan. Right. Are, are you are you gonna go get on? Uh, you're gonna get on DraftKings and put your money where your mouth is on that upset. Uh, yeah, I'll be on there. Uh, don't don't you worry. I'll be probably be a twelve leg parlay. Guys, <laughs> you got you just sitting here. Oh, God, I've got this number. If I did, yeah, thirteen legs. Got it. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that's exactly how it goes too. Uh, no, I'm calling upset because you know I think Cincinnati 
has a well-rounded team, like top down, aside from the offensive line, like they, obviously we've seen some trouble. They had some trouble with Tennessee last week. Um, aside from that defense through offense, like they're stacked. Like you can't take anything from that receiving core. Joe Mixon has, has been revitalized and looks like the Joe from Oklahoma in his rookie year. Um, no injuries being healthy there. Um, their secondary is stout. Like they play well, they play fast. Like, I don't know if Kansas City defense can match the offensive pressure and attack that uh, Cincinnati can put on somebody. All right, now, okay. I would love to see an upset. That The game last weekend with Buffalo and Kansas City was maybe the best NFL football game I've ever watched. And I, I, know it's, I know it's recency bias, but at least top five. It's got it's got to be a top five playoff don't, game. Ever. Don't, don't forget Rams and Kansas City when they were in Mexico. Yeah, I know that that game was not – I get it. There's great games, but that was in the divisional round of the playoffs. And yeah, true. Man, the last two minutes and what we saw from Allen and Mahomes is just unbelievable. So, I think this is an opportunity for Joe Burrow to go match Mahomes throw for throw, and he, I, he can do that shit. Yeah. No I doubt. Yeah. And there's no fear on Cincinnati's squad. The only thing that kind of – and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. After after a successful business transaction, I, I'll, I'll smoke a cigar. You know what I'm saying? But when you're constantly smoking victory cigars after winning playoff games and not the Super Bowl, is that's that's a jinx in my opinion. So stop doing that shit, number one. Uh, but number two, <laughs> number two, how in God's green earth can you give up nine sacks – and win in Tennessee like Cincinnati did. And then if you want me to buy into this upset, which I'm all for, I want them to win more than anything. I think it would be awesome. <laughs> you know, I got, you know, Josh Tupo is a big nose tackle from, from uh, CU that I work with who, who is, who plays nose tackle. He's in their rotation and nose tackle. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I'd love to see Cincinnati in the Super Bowl again. That would be dope. How can they slow down the pass rush in Arrowhead with that place going absolutely nuclear, bro? There's no, there's no place like Arrowhead when it's going off. No, you're you're right, and you know, but to to Joe's credit, like he played in the SEC. I have heard louder stadiums in college too, and he's fresh from from college. Like he's not that far removed. So, I mean, he's not. It's noise isn't new to him. Like noise isn't new to him for sure. You know, I think if they can eliminate Tyreek and eliminate Kelsey, that's that's where Buffalo fell apart in the last two minutes. Like, why is Everybody Kelsey falls. single coverage? You can't stop those two. You lose. Yeah. Why? Why is Kelsey single coverage on the last play of the thirteen seconds? Like, why didn't they? Why didn't the defensive end step out and bang him on the line of scrimmage? Something. So what are you there's doing? So many different things that could have been done. But hell, why the hell not just sit and fucking cover two or something? <laughs> Like something, like just have more people out there. Put seven DBs out there and just cover. He could have tackled them at the line of scrimmage and had a two-yard pass interference penalty, yeah. and it would have taken four seconds off the clock. Exactly. <laughs> and then put and put homeboy in there to try to kick kick the field goal, which he was struggling that day. But still, awesome, awesome game. Yeah, a great game. All right, so yeah, I think I think if they can eliminate, they can eliminate Kelsey and they can eliminate Tyreek. I think they have a chance. They have to play smarter in that regard 
than the Bills did, especially in those last last two minutes. Oh, if, I, if I'm in Buffalo, I think that that loss right there might be on the level of Norwood right, wide right and like being up on Dallas at halftime of the third Super Bowl and then getting blown out. Like that, that's up there with those those just gut wrenching losses of all time for them. Um, now, all that said, I think the the X factor in this football game are two guys. Number one, it's Luke Wilson, their outstanding middle linebacker, played at Wyoming. Um, he's got five interceptions now in the season uh, at, at the Mike linebacker position, which is pretty versatile. He's all over the damn field. He can run like the wind. I think you could put him on Kelsey and single cover him. And that allows you to go really bracket. You can go bracket Hardman. You can go bracket Tariq Hill and make life miserable for them. And then, if, I mean, if Byron Pringle gets you and beats you and has 12 catches for 1,000 yards, then okay, whatever. But, it, you know, last week they gave up four touchdowns to one guy and still won by taking away. So, I mean, Diggs had three catches for seven yards. Yeah, So Kansas City is going to try to take away their weapons just like, Cincinnati's going to try and take where theirs. So I'm just hoping that this isn't like a 13 to 10 offensive like bore because the two defenses, you know, try and outsmart each other. I I have a feeling it's going to be like 38, 31, just, you know, barn barn doors being blown off, honestly. I I mean, I'll take it either way. Like if it's 13, 10, now it's like, okay, well, Cincinnati's got the secret recipe. Now we're going to see Kansas city in the future be able to replicate what they've done in the last four years. Now we have, now we have the recipe because it wasn't the offense that was faltering all season. It was the defense that defense. was giving up, giving up the butt and like just getting blown out or not. Butt. <laughs> <laughs> just not, just not, uh, just not holding their own when you have an offense out there. Like hell you hold a, an opposing team to 27 points. Your offense is, has the power to score 30, like on a blink of a freaking eye. Like it's no questions asked. So I think it was the defense that was a, that was a liability. Now, if you can, if you can shut down and have this recipe, the main to control Patrick Mahomes, not let him be with your legs, not let Kelsey and he'll, he'll beat you. Obviously it's easier said than done. Like being a me is like a, a freaking genius when it comes that he's going to get his guys open some way, somehow. But if you could some way, eliminate the big plays and control them to a certain point, I think we see Kansas, I think we see a change in the approach to Kansas City because everything has to go through Kansas City from here on out. Well, let's see if Hendrickson, Hendrickson plays too because he was out last week. Um, their their pass rush wasn't the same. And if, if he's on the field, everybody eats. He had 14 sacks this year coming from the Saints. So, so are you taking Cincinnati in this one? I am taking Cincinnati, so I got Cincinnati and San Francisco in the bowl game. And it, Matt, let me tell you, it freaking pains me because I am—I've never been a Bengals fan, never. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Like I'm 45 minutes away from that stadium, my hometown. I do not like the Bengals. Never have, never will. <laughs> but I, I'm rooting for them because I think it. Who, think who was your team when you, when you grew up? Who yeah. was your grow up team? Uh, my grow up team was honestly it was Carolina. So. Weird story, my dad is a truck driver, so he would drive, and he got me a mug. So it was the Panthers, based on a, a freaking, you know, big gulp mug or whatever. And then uh, and then come my seventh grade, I got a TD poster in the Ooh. room, and that's when they started going into the Super Bowl or whatever. So then it shipped, shipped to the Broncos, and that's 
So my teams were Carolina and the Broncos. It's always nice. been that way. Nice. I like it. All right. So San Francisco, Cincinnati, you heard it right there from David Bruton uh, Jr. I like those picks. I'm taking San Francisco over the Rams uh, in, in that matchup three times in one year. Uh, it's only happened a couple of times. You know, Jacksonville, Tennessee back in the day in the AC title game, Tennessee beat them three times in one year. The, fifth, the 15 Broncos, right? Beat the Chargers three times. No, it Broncos. was the 13. 13, 13 Broncos yeah. beat the Chargers three times in one year and then again in the playoffs. Uh, so it, it's it's a rarity, but it, it's definitely something that can happen. San Francisco is pretty tough. Uh, and then Cincinnati going to Kansas City. I like that pick too. Uh, and I mean, fuck it, man. I'm going to roll with it. Um, I think Cincinnati and San Francisco, look, they played in two Super Bowls already. Third time's a charm. Uh, maybe Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and all those young guns, they can just go in there with their youth and shock the world. So we'll see what happens with San Francisco and Cincinnati, hopefully uh, getting that matchup in the Super Bowl. And look, even if it, it's not and it's Rams-Kansas City, the Rams-Kansas City Super Bowl is going to be nuts, nuts if it is the other way around. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. So let, let's just be real on that in, in yeah. any way. So, I mean, it, 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 either way, it's going to be a great game. The, the final four is pretty special. So, all right, so Nathaniel Hackett's the uh, the head coach for the Denver Broncos. I'm a big Will C type. I know that you probably feel the same way being an ex-player brute. Uh, give me your thoughts on that, and then we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. You know, I thought it was a I thought it was a quick hire. I thought it was I thought it'd be a little longer. Um, I mean, because you had some great candidates. I I personally wanted an offensive minded head coach. Um, Myself I included. I think there's some success in behind that, and then pretty much having bringing in somebody defensive minded to be a D coordinator, but also they have a head coach type mentality. Um, so I was all for that. I think they had great candidates on the board. They had the enemy. They had him. They. They had a lot of different candidates on there. I thought it was just, I felt like it was just rushed. And I think it was rushed because of the whole Aaron Rodgers um, allure that came along with it. Like, oh, he's with Green so, Bay. So do you actually think that the Broncos and, and the new GM and they they made this hire to get Aaron Rodgers? I think I don't, it'd be... That would be the craziest shit on earth. I don't know if it's the only. I don't. I don't think it's the only reason, but I think it had some role. You know, I think it. Whether it's five percent, seven percent, what whatever the heck it is out of that pie, like I think it played some some role in the decision. Like well, I'm the, I mean, that that's a whole lot of wishing. That's a whole lot of wishing, and like that's a lot writing on just we're gonna hire this guy and God, I hope we get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't know, man. I look. I'm I'm we'll see with every coach that's hired. It's a it's a we'll we'll see what happens, and mm -hmm. then I'll make a determination on if it's successful. It's like talking about the draft. We'll see what happens with the guys. Half of these guys probably won't even be on the team in two years. Yada yada yada. Yep. So, I guess the question goes to Aaron Rodgers. If the Broncos do end up getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers, is this roster, in your opinion, Super Bowl ready immediately? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I also I, agree. Like, there's no question. Like, yeah. the, the receivers, like, aside from Devontae Adams, I think the receiving well, core is unrestricted, too. Yeah, I think the receiving core in Denver is better than Green Bay, aside from Devontae. So what if Devontae comes with him because he's unrestricted? And the Broncos have a ton of money. In the cap. People, somebody's got to go. Well, so then one, two, who do you want? Like, I mean, take any of them. I don't yeah. care. Sutton, 
Judy, Tim Patrick, like, thank you for your service. You're a hell of a player, but I'm sending you to Green Bay and getting Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, Some somebody's got to go. And then defense, like, the defense is, all, is set. Like, the defense can play. Like, the secondary, the linebackers, the D-line, like, defense is, is stout for the most part. Now it's just like, can you get the offense? Can somebody on offense under center get them over the hump to be able to put points and be competitive that, not just game in, game out, but season in and into the playoffs. Man, how fun would the AFC West be if the four quarterbacks were Rodgers, Carr, Herbert, and Mahomes? Wow. That would be the AFC West, the NFC West are just cooking oh, yeah. with gas these days, no doubt. Oh, 100%. All right, my friend. Uh, I will let you get back to, to uh, <laughs> your cheering <laughs> you on. Go, DB! <laughs> Uh, that is a wrap. Episode 142 on McChesney Unchained. Best of luck. Or, uh, all thanks to the world of my man, David Bruton Jr. And best of luck in your endeavors. Uh, I'll be seeing you a ton around here uh, at 6-0 working with uh, the Dungeon family. Uh, again, episode 142 is a wrap. Thank you, DB. And we're out of here, folks. Appreciate it. Thank you.